This Restoration Today podcast is presented by KnowHow. KnowHow helps growing restoration companies standardize their operations so they can scale faster and more profitably without the chaos. As a leading process communication platform, KnowHow's mission is to help restoration companies unlock the full potential of their workforce. For more information, visit TryKnowHow.com. Welcome to a fresh episode of the Restoration Today podcast. Hey, if you're liking what you hear, please leave us a review. We would really appreciate it. Hello there. Thank you for checking out this episode of the Restoration Today podcast. Today, we're talking about restoring kindness and specifically the Restoring Christmas charity event. Um, It is spearheaded by Justin Brown and Excel Cleaning and Restoration Supplies. They are located in Florida. Um, And this event he collects toys every year and it benefits children in the area and the um, Children's Network of Southwest Florida. So I'm going to toss it right over to Justin. I want him to introduce himself and talk about his background in the restoration industry. I know you've played, you've been in several roles in the industry and now have your own supply company. So Justin, thank you for joining me. Thank you for telling us about your project. I think that this will be great for other restorers to hear about and maybe think about implementing something like this in their community. So, all right, go ahead and introduce yourself and thanks for being here. Absolutely. And uh, thank you, Michelle, for having me. Uh, My name is Justin Brown. I've been in the industry for about 15 years now. Uh, Myself and family own a cleaning restoration supply business uh, called Excel Supplies. Uh, Recently partnered with a company called Grand Quartz and the Perlman Group uh, to help us continue to grow. Um, With that, it hasn't slowed us down with our Restoring Christmas initiative. Um, This is something that we started seven years ago. Funny enough, because of uh, personal reasons and my, my own child at the time, she was two years old. Uh, her name is Riley. And Christmas time comes around and with aunts and uncles and grandmas and grandpas and two sets and cousins and everybody buying gifts, you, it was kind of one of those moments where you're sitting around and you realize this is just too much. Yeah. Um, we're fortunate enough that uh, my, my daughter gets stuff throughout the year, some things she doesn't need and won't, won't sugarcoat it. She's spoiled. Like I think most of our kids probably are and yep. possibly take it for granted. Um, so it's kind of one of those surreal moments where you had to stop and look and say, this is just, there's gotta be a better way to do this. So, uh, at that Christmas, I had announced to our family, I said, you know, I think we should look at rather than doing all these gifts, we're going to do one gift. That's it. To each kid gets one gift from us. And if you guys want to go above and beyond, then let's find an organization or somewhere that can better use these gifts, time, money, energy. Um, and everybody liked the idea. So literally after Christmas that year, I started doing some research on different organizations that we could help out. And the thing was, we not that there's anything wrong with uh, organizations like Toys for Tots and these other big names. Uh, but we wanted to be a little bit more personal and we wanted to find somebody, a way to get actual wish lists from kids that were in less than perfect situations. Um, and with that, we stumbled across at the Children's Network in Southwest Florida. They're located here in Fort Myers and they're kind of the middleman uh, that help not only find kids foster homes while their parents are going through whatever rehab or therapy they may need. Um, Their ultimate goal is to get the kids back into the house with the parents. Sometimes that doesn't happen. Uh, So they're very involved with the the system. Um, 
at the time, they were already doing something similar. They had it called Operation Santa, where they were collecting, getting with the foster parents or temporary homes and getting wish lists from these kids and find, trying to find people to fill them. So it was exactly what we wanted to do. Um, at that point, we realized, you know, we couldn't do a whole lot just ourselves as far as the impact we could make. But I knew that with our customer database and the, and the help of our clients, we could certainly grow it. Um, I had no idea it would become what it has now. Uh, and I had chosen to name it Restoring Christmas because I knew that our restoration customers were going to be the ones that would probably help spearhead this the best. Um, and on top of that, you know, you don't really read too much about restorers. In fact, our industry is very small. Um, it's kind of a niche thing. Not a lot of people know about. It's not a repeat business. At least you hope it's not um, if you're the homeowner. But, you know, we see day in and day out what these guys are going through. Uh, we've been on jobs ourselves and see living in Florida and having storms, you know, every couple of years. Uh, we've been through the cat events. And, you know, restorers truly do restore people's lives. And it's something that I want to try to shed light on our industry in a positive aspect with these guys. And um, funny enough, the way it worked out, my original idea was we'll, we'll get these lists, uh, we'll get them out to the restores, we'll go out and buy the gifts, and then we'll caravan. And I wanted everybody in the wrapped vehicles and get the news there and try to get publicity for these guys. Funny enough, the first year, I think only one person showed up in a wrapped vehicle and it came out that they didn't care. Um, they didn't care about the press. They didn't care about the publicity. And uh, that says a lot. It does. Um, not that there's anything wrong with getting, um, you know, some, some attention for something good. Um, we also learned that a lot of restores, restoration companies, their employees, and even some owners uh, grew up in the, in the system or were adopted or in the foster care system. Um, so they really enjoyed going out and doing the shopping. And the way it works is uh, when customers come into our shop, we harass them uh, to, to the point where I, I do whatever I can to guilt trip them into um, taking on as many kids as they will. And they're given a list with a, a kid's name and age and usually three different things they requested for Christmas. Um, and the first year we did around 100 uh, give or take is how many kids were able to get uh, taken care of. And last year we ended up at almost 1100. Um, and, and it's something that, you know, gives me chills as I say that because it's not just 1100 toys. Uh, these are approximately 1100 kids that are actually receiving something that they asked for for Christmas that otherwise would not have. And it's all because of our restores. Um, now it's also our cleaning contractors and then all the subcontractors. So we've got drywall guys, we've got painters, we've got plumbers, we have personal friends. Uh, I now have some of the martial arts community involved from, from where I train. Uh, it's just, it's something that our customers are sending out when they're sending out monthly invoices, they're putting something in there about, you know, getting involved with it. So it's, it's grown to a point of something I never thought it would. And uh, we certainly hope that uh, it will inspire others in their community to try to, to do something similar duplicated. 
Awesome. Okay. So let's talk about the logistics behind it. So you talked about the charity that you chose. What were the logistics? Did you know for sure that this was the charity you wanted? Did you kind of vet some different charities or you just really had a focus on, I know this organization and this is where we want to go. So ironically, we didn't know until after the fact that, um, and I don't think I've shared this before, but, uh, her name is Karen and she's one of the main uh, people we deal with there. Uh, when my wife and I bought our first home, she had brought us cookies the day we moved in. Okay. And um, fast forward like 10 years, I find the Children's Network and I, I said, man, you look really familiar. Uh, come to find out it was her um, and her involvement with it. Um, so that was kind of part of it after the fact. But we did like the fact that they were local um, as far as the vetting process. Uh, they are the ones who are dealing with the, the court systems, um, so they are very vetted. And we did like also the fact that we knew that these gifts from the first year, we actually delivered these gifts to kids' houses ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some things about that, that that didn't work out great, and, and we, we don't necessarily do that anymore. But uh, we knew that they were going to the right place. And quite frankly, I like having the responsibility more so placed on an organization that that's what they deal with every day. Uh, they know these families. They know these foster parents. These are people they work with day in, day out. They know each individual kid. Um, so we know for a fact that these things are going where they need to. And that's kind of the whole other value versus some of these bigger toy drives is that you don't really know who's getting them. Um, you know, sometimes things being sifted through and good stuff taken out and uh, these are, these gifts are delivered with the, the child's name, their ID number on it. And, um, you know, we, we sleep good at night knowing that. So who manages kind of the, like behind the scenes stuff of coordinating this? Like, I know that you have flyers, you have probably stuff up in your stores, you have a Facebook page, you, yeah. you have all the things. So who's doing all that? So I'm just the pretty face of all this. Okay. Um, <laughs> We have a we have a team behind us. Um, actually, my sister Danielle is is really the the brains behind the organizational side, and then uh, we have Kim in our office as well. We kind of refer to them as our elves. Um, they're the ones that are really making this stuff happen behind the scenes, uh, managing the spreadsheets, uh, communicating with the network. We request more lists, and then we've got to keep up with those of where they're going. We keep track, and then obviously, when everything comes in, we got to make sure they're labeled correctly and all that. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, you know, our, our whole team here at Excel is it's something that typically the whole month of November is dedicated to this. So we're fortunate that, uh, our owners and, and executives are, are allowing us to use company time, uh, to, you know, to be able to, to grow this. So do you have restorers and subcontractors and other customers who know that this is coming and look forward to coming back in and getting lists and being part of it every year? Yeah. You know, it's funny. We've got, we've got a handful of ones that start calling us beginning of October (laughs) and asking if they can get lists. Um, You know, we almost have the easier part as far as doing the shopping and getting the list and managing the list. The children's network is really who has the hard part of collecting those lists. So it takes them a while to get all those requests, put it together and then get them to us at that point. So how soon are you talking to them every year? Is it in October? Is it even before then? No, we, we almost start talking, you know, first quarter um, of the year, you know, because every year we learn something different, how we want to, you know, change things. Uh, We also, you know, something that we haven't talked about, 
we work with them throughout the year. Um, we have some of our contractors that have now established that relationship and helped them out throughout the year with different needs that they may have. Uh, typically, we all help the same car, uh, crowd that does Restoring Christmas. We usually deliver Thanksgiving dinners for them as well. Um, and it's the same basis. It's all restores and their employees to look forward to it. Uh, we recently had a customer that uh, volunteered their time to, um, I don't remember if it was a car seat, uh, I believe it was a car seat drive that they did. Um, and I didn't even know anything about it, you know, come to find out it's our restores that had, had gone out there and, and done that, you know, with them, which was, which was great. So. That is great. That is great. Do you, have you heard any stories over the years from the children's network of like when they've handed out the gifts or, you know, responses from the kids or anything um, like that? You know, it's funny because I, uh, I kind of get emotional thinking about it, but we've done different things every year. And, you know, there was one year where we had some kids to open gifts up, uh, in front of some of us when we delivered the toys and there wasn't a dry eye in there. I'm sure. You know, um, I don't care, you know, what the age, sex, uh, you know, grown men in their, mm -hmm. uh, you know, crying to see these kids. In fact, you know, it, it, it makes it sad because we don't do that anymore. Um, mm -hmm. We don't have the kids to come and open up gifts because we learn that sometimes that's their only gift um, that they're going to get. And so the foster parents uh, or parents, depending on what the situation is, didn't like the the idea of, uh, you know, them opening that one gift there. And, and we don't usually put from on these gifts either. So that sometimes that way it's from the foster parent or from the parent themselves uh, who, you know, aren't in a financial position to do those things. Um, so that way it can just be if it's from them or if it's from Santa, uh, you know, but yeah, you, uh, you know, we, we've certainly got a lot of stories, you know, um, success stories and how happy these kids are and, and that's why I continue to grow, you know, mm -hmm. because once that was seen just once and then the stories from it is enough to uh, keep these guys going. Yeah. Okay. So I know that this is absolutely not the point, but, you know, one of the benefits of doing something like this is for your business as well and the contractors who are involved and that has positive impacts on the business and your reputation in the community, right? So you were talking about that at the beginning of trying to help restorers gain a really good reputation in your area, whatever. So how have you seen maybe your business grow or the contractors who are involved, their businesses be impacted by doing something that's outside of restoration? Sure. I, I wish I could tell you that uh, I think that that's happened, but, you know, we talked about this industry being a niche business and a very small industry. Uh, from the distribution standpoint, it's even smaller. And because we don't really sell to the public or really have anything for the public, I can't say it's really necessarily benefited our business. What I will say is that it has strengthened the relationships that we have with our, our, our partners. Um, you know, something that, that we've always prided ourselves on with our, our clients and, and customers is uh, we do look at them as partners. Uh, we feel we're only successful as they're going to be. And so being side by side with, with our, our customers or partners, um, you know, during events like this just strengthens those relationships. And that's what, you know, that's more important to us. You know, we don't, we don't get new uh, restores because they heard of what we did. Um, but it certainly helps me keep the ones that I got. And um, I will say, I, I'm sure that some of our guys have, have gotten some jobs from different people they've met throughout all of this and, and it's, it's strengthened it. But 
you know, again, my original thought of giving these guys, you know, some sort of publicity or a pat on the back um, publicly has been completely forgotten. Nobody cares anymore. So if it happens, it happens. Um, but everybody's priority is definitely about the kids now. Have there been any surprises along the way or things you think other contractors maybe should know if they're going to start doing something like this as I don't know, on the logistical side or the emotional side? Any it's of it? a lot of work. Um, it's a, a lot of work. We're happy to help guide people through what we have learned. Again, we fine tune it every year. Um, this being our seventh year, I feel like we're, we run pretty smooth. Um, but there's definitely some speed bumps and I would say, you know, start slow, start with a, a few at a time. Um, I hope that people take the general idea of, of doing these wish lists and, you know, uh, making sure that it's kids in your community um, that somebody is able to vet, um, you know, with our Facebook page, we do get messages from all walks of life, uh, you know, asking for free toys. And it's, it's selfishly, it's nice because we can say, listen, we, we built the children's network only, you know, if there's any needs or anything, you know, that's where we sell cleaning and restoration supplies. <laughs> you know? yeah. uh, we're, we're not in the family business. They are. Um, so then that way, you know, we have that buffer and to your point earlier, you know, the vetting thing. Um, for sure. So it's definitely something that has to grow. Uh, again, if you look back, you know, we started with around 100 kids and, you know, now we're over a thousand. Um, it didn't happen overnight. Are there any like price ranges or guidelines given to the kids as they make their lists? I mean, you know, kids can dream big. Also having spoiled children of my own, I, sure. you know. You know, I, I can't say for sure the conversations that are being had with the Children's Network and them, but we have seen an average of 40 to $60 um, per wish that they have on there is about what they have. So when we try to quote unquote sell these uh, lists, you know, I usually say plan on about $60 per kid, um, you know, and sometimes it's less, sometimes it's a little more. I have found that most of our customers uh, spend more than that on there. They, sure. they get very into it. So if they see a kid that wants a bike, well, they're not just going to get a bike. They're going to get a bike based off of uh, the sex and they're going to get a, they're going to get a matching helmet and they're going to get, you know, I mean, um, it, it, it's definitely, these guys go above and beyond. Sometimes they'll give them, you know, additional stuff than what they ask for. And the nice thing about getting uh, a little bit more information as far as their, their age and sex is that it helps you really dial in on, you know, what kind of gifts you're going to give them. So. That's really fun. I love it. Any unique gifts over the years, even just one where you're like, man, they really had to hunt for that one. No, it's usually the opposite. Um, yeah. Bikes are always my favorite, you know, anything outdoor yeah. um, always makes me happy. You know? Right. Go outside, uh, go play. <laughs> ones that hit home or when you see lists with kids that are about your kid's age, asking for the same things that they're into that are simple. Um, I guess if I was to say that the ones that stick out the most are when it's necessities, mm -hmm. you know, um, when you see one that's, you know, the teenage girls asking for lotions and body washes. Um, and actually now that I just thought about this, we did have one this year. Uh, Kim here in our office came across, I don't remember how old it was, but I know it was a female and uh, her wish was for her mom. So don't know the situation, but you know, it's one of those things you gotta, you know, we take for granted a lot of stuff. So 
Yes. Yes, we do. Well, I love this. Okay. And this was a lot of good information for anybody who's thinking about doing something like this. So, okay. Anything else you want to add? Anything we haven't touched on? I don't think so. Um, you know, I, I really appreciate the fact that, that you're giving us some, some time to talk about it. And I really, truly hope that it inspires other people and, you know, across the country to try to get involved and do this. And, you know, uh, to make it personal and, and to maybe take a step back and think about, you know, the way that, that we all spoil our children or, um, you know, where our money goes sometimes and, and to know that, you know, we can do good with it. And, and at the same time, I think the more they get involved, um, the more positive light we can bring to our industry. I, I think that the restorers out there um, deserve that. You know, there's a lot of good companies out there that do a lot of good things that don't get any credit for it, whether they want it or not. I think they deserve it. So I think the more of us that can do things like this, um, the better. Yes, I agree. Awesome. Well, thank you, Justin, very much. And I will look forward to seeing pictures and hearing how this year goes and sharing this with the industry. And so thank you for your time. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you very much for the platform. For more restoration today, visit our website, cnrmagazine.com. Or find us wherever you get your favorite podcasts.